Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the Jewish religion, a week of sitting, Shiva, the morning the deceased, is called for after, the fu- after a funeral. However, Eyal and Vicky, a week is hardly enough time to properly mourn the loss of their 25-year-old son, Ronnie. A married couple edging into the back half of middle age, the two find themselves reacting to the end of Shiva in markedly different ways. A return to routine seems to be in order for Vicky as a teacher as she finds herself back at school trying to abruptly kick the substitute who came in to replace her out of of the uh, classroom while Eyal is actually taking a completely different route he has uh, come into to a uh, a bag of marijuana and he seems to be processing this his own loss here very very differently and this is sort of the backdrop for this film one week and a day it is a as i said a very thoughtful at times, funny uh, film about loss, grief, and resilience. We're joined today by the director of that film, and that would be Asaf Polanski. Asaf, welcome to Film School. Hi, good morning. Good morning, and I apologize. I butchered a lot of that, and so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, I'm so sorry, I'm going to ask you to go over this again with, with our audience because uh, I, I was, and I want to get into the the tone of the film i think that's an mm-hmm. important part of what you were what you achieved here but tell us in better detail uh what this film uh one week and a day is about yeah you, you didn't butcher you didn't but butcher it uh actually uh yeah it's it's like how you said you know it's a, it's about a couple Yal and vicky um and the film starts on the last moment basically of the shiva and for those who don't know what a shiva is it's uh it's a week-long period after someone dies. In the Jewish uh, religion, usually you bury as soon as possible, at least in Israel, and it'll be mostly on the same day or the day after. And then you, you it's a kind of like an open house for a week uh, where family and friends come over and they kind of you know help you transition through that period. Um, so one week in a day starts at the moment that the last people leave and the couple is left alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, was their only son. Um, and then the film goes through the end of that day and the day after, um, where they're really coping in two different ways, but which in a way are, they're both running away from it. They're both not coping, uh, even though it might seem that the wife is. Um, and yeah, she tries to go to work and back to her routine, and he goes um, to get his son's uh, medicinal weed that he had at, at the hospice while he was sick. Uh, and with his uh, neighbor... Uh, the young neighbor, he uh, kind of goes on all these escapades. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Zuller? Zuller. Zuller, yes. Yeah. They become, well, they become closer. There's been a, and I don't want to get in too much detail, but they have had, yeah. the family has had a little, a bit of falling out with with him in the past, and now he's sort of been eager. He's eager to try to win the, uh, them back over, so... At times right, little, his parents. Little, he's so yeah. it's the younger son. It's yes. the kid, so he's in his late twenties, and and the parents of, uh, used to be best friends, and then there was a, a fallout between the two parents. Yeah, yeah. So it's a. Uh, so tell me a little bit about where the story came from. Um, it came from two different places. Uh, the first one uh, was about eight years ago. 
a good friend of mine, he had a girlfriend, they were together for about three years, and out of those three, she was sick for two. Um, and even though she was sick for a long time, it was still surprising when, when she died. Um, the friend called me up uh, and told me that she, she died, and, and a few friends came over and were sitting there, and there's this moment of silence, and a lot of, a lot of moments, actually, there's not much to say. And then someone broke the silence by asking if he still has some of her medicinal weed. Um, okay. And it was one of those moments that really, you know, it broke the tension and, and it was awkward. And and then, and, you know, funny in its own way. And something with that really kind of stuck with me and, you know, and, and resonated and um, yeah. and stayed with me. And, and then the other story is, I don't want to give too much of the film, but there's a eulogy in the film. And that eulogy... Um, was it's it's basically a real eulogy that my father wrote about his sister mm. when she passed away also at a, at a young age and we it's kind of like going through that you know just first time like hearing this sort of eulogy and going through that shiva um, and how everyone just deals with with this death very differently but in a very subtle way it's almost you can't notice it mm-hmm. you know so kind of with those two things that's where I started writing and. What again? I mentioned at the top of the uh, interview that the one of the things that distinguishes uh, this film is the tone, because it is it, it. I would to say it it fluctuates between comedy and drama. It's not exactly accurate because it's nuanced, and um, the the things that are funny are are genteel in a way, and uh, and but the dramatic parts are very um, direct and honest, uh, and I. So I just kind of, what was in your writing, and then obviously as the director, what what was your sort of guidepost when you're trying to, f- to find that 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 groove, if you will, when you're making a film like this? What were you sort of looking at for inspiration or your own background in this? I, th- I think for me, it was if I'm going to be dealing with a subject that's so dark, right, and doesn't mm-hmm. get much darker than that, then... I was interested in, in portraying it with humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comedy is usually the films that, that I like more. Uh, and even with, with heavier films, when there is a moment of humor, I think it really elevates everything. Um, and the, the way that we were working on it is kind of like how the film is. It was very straightforward. So in the writing, and even when we were shooting, there was never kind of like this pressure of, this moment has to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never about making a moment funny. It was really, you know, because I think even in, you know, in, in the best comedies, it's, you know, the characters don't know they're in a funny situation. They don't know that they're acting in a funny way. They're just trying to go through their act, their drama, mm-hmm. right, and their conflict. And that was kind of how we, we, we did it, you know. And even if you would read the script, you have to read it very carefully to, to kind of no, notice the humor. Because I remember on the first day of the shoot, the gaffer came up to me and he was like, oh, this is going to be funny. You know, and he read the script twice. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, yeah, if, if you notice, you know, you have to kind of really be careful. And while we were shooting, that was also one of the things. It was like never pressing it too much. The, the, few, the two places that we did actually try to push the humor more mm-hmm. was in the editing and in the sound design. You know, that's kind of like where we're very much, all right, let's see if, if a cut will make this funnier, you know, if a certain type of sound, which is in with this world, you know, it's still keeping it in the subtle way. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where we were like, all right, we can allow ourselves now to keep on pushing. Right. Well, and Zuller is, I mean, he's the most uh, outrageous in terms of his behavior of the character, the right. main characters in here. And there's a there's a moment of him um, 
in the living room and and essentially uh rocking out if you will that's probably the most uh the most uh outrageous if you will that's on doesn't feel like the right word but it's it's the yeah. one moment when it's most overtly funny um and i also have a watching the film it the the actors that you you have chosen to play these parts of vicky and y'all are um mm-hmm. are terrific they're really good uh, it's, and help me out if I say it wrong. Is it Shay Avivi? Shay Avivi okay. and uh, Evgenia Dodina. Yes, they're terrific. Yeah. And I, yeah, if Evgenia is especially, I, I mean, they're both good. But I really felt the power of her performance. She has to be sort of the most grounded of the characters, the main characters, and right. uh, and her internal kind of. Uh, sense of what's going on around her is for me the most powerful of the performances not to say there was anything <laughs> bad about any of the other ones <laughs> but i just felt like she she's uh she, and it's a bit understated because we focus a lot of attention on eol and uh, and zuler but she yeah. when she's on screen and when she's part of the part of what's going on i i really felt drawn to her performance uh, she was terrific yeah I, th- I think she she really has that ability of she doesn't have to say anything with a blink of an eye you know exactly what she's feeling and she yeah you know, she's an amazing actress. So what so what about their their background and uh, I know that uh, my understanding is that uh, uh, shy am I saying mm-hmm. is is, yeah, is, yeah. is well known he they, they compared him I guess to uh, the Larry David of Israel is that fair I don't know if that works <laughs> I don't know that it's something it's. One person said it, and it caught, you know, and, and then since then, everyone's saying, oh, he's, at least outside of Israel, that he's the Larry David of Israel. And it's funny, I don't know if in Israel people would say that he's the Larry David of Israel, Yeah. but but it's it's been kind of, I mean, Shai is, is this is the thing, he's, he's extremely well known, Yeah. He's everyone knows him by name and faith in Israel, but this is his first leading role in a film. Okay. Um, he, he was in this kind of uh, cult sketch comedy show in the 90s. Where it's, it was only five actors, so everyone knew those five actors. And since then, he's been doing a lot, um, and he's been hosting. He's been doing stand up. He actually, the day I called him to get that he got the role is the day after he won Master Chef VIP. Okay. Just to show you the versatility of what he does. Okay. Um, and well, there's uh, a and there's a sorry, bit of a physical resemblance to Larry David. There is a, a tag. Yeah, 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 no, it is. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, it, we, we, it's like we didn't even think about it, and yeah. suddenly it's like it's been coming up all the time. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Evgenia, she she's also she's well known. She's more known in Israel as for her theater acting. It's kind of like when people say, "Oh, that theater actress," and everyone knows who we're talking about. You know, she's known for that, um, she, and she's an amazing theater actress. But she's also done quite a lot of films and TV. Yeah, um, yeah and they they've never. What was interesting for me with the two of them is that they in Israel, such a small country and such a small industry. But they've in 25 years that they've been working, they've never worked together, or even met each other until the chemistry read, which the moment they met felt like a like a married couple. Yeah, yeah, they're terrific. Uh, and let's not forget Tomer Capon, if I'm saying yeah. that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also very good, and he's I, I'm looking at some of the uh, material support material here. He mm-hmm. is working with or has worked with Natalie Portman on uh, the story of Love and Darkness and uh, yeah. a few other projects. So he will, all, he is, I guess, becoming more and more of a uh, commodity here in, in the U.S. Uh, by virtue of the work that I, I see here in front of me. Uh, yeah, he's on Fauda, which is on Netflix now. Okay. 
So the work. Uh, so, so obviously establishing the rapport between these three was very important, mm-hmm. and it sounds yeah. like it was it was one of those situations where you really felt it right away. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I mean, yes. The 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 three of them they couldn't be the more opposite of of you know people like how they are in the film. Mm-hmm. But what's it? But it's what I found interesting is that even though they're very different from each other, they're also in in their life they're very different of their characters. It wasn't one of those like oh. Let's take this person because this is how they are in real life. You know, they're extremely different from each other in both scenarios. Um, but yeah, and Tomil actually was, we saw around 60 people until we got to him. I would like to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Asaf Polanski, and he, the film is called One Week and a Day. Uh, and it comes out today here uh, as we speak on April 28th. It's opening in New York as well as here in Los Angeles area at the Limley Town Center 5 in Encino at the Pasadena. Oh, that's next week. It opens at the Pasadena Playhouse as yeah, well. Yeah, it's going to be at the Royal. Okay, at the Royal in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It, it's on the screen, but it, mm-hmm. there's, there's white behind it on, on the website, and so I couldn't actually make a – okay. And it's also at the Angel, Angelica Theater in New York, if people are listening to me through the miracle of the Internet. And uh, it opens – uh, at next week here in Irvine, we literally are in Irvine at the West Park, so be sure and check that out. Um, well, in terms of the uh, – this is your feature debut. You've done other work, but this is your feature debut. Right. What in terms of just sort of this experience, the, what is kind of the takeaway from from you? Is it about being a, a better manager or becoming a better manager of the set? Is it about kind of instructions to the actors? What did you sort of feel like you have learned from this experience? Well, I, I, you know, I think all of the all of the above in a way because you, you know you live with this film for so long. Yeah. Uh, I've been working on I've been writing it since 2010, and then it shot in 2015. Um, and I think it's it's mostly it's about you know choosing the right people to work with you know people that you want to work with and they work with you um, and then it's kind of like taking that time you know t- talking about cast and crew um, really giving the time and effort to find the person that really fits what you want to do and and they are going to bring in a whole different perspective on on certain things um, and I think that for me is like once you have the right people then that really really will elevate the film. So it's, you know, I, I think once you have the right people, it's, you, you don't have to manage them <laughs> that much. Yeah. Um, and so the managing part, I think, is, re- is really by finding them. You know, and that, and, and, I mean, I hear that a lot from filmmakers. It sort of goes back to, I think, one of the more famous uh, directors to say that, essentially, was Hitchcock. And I know the Coen brothers are basically the same mind. You you basically once you cast and once you you really have that relationship with your cinematographer mm-hmm. it's a matter of making sure that every you know that the lighting's everything's pr- pretty much turned on at that point although i know there's more to it than that but i mean right. essentially trusting and that's i guess what i'm trying to get to is developing that level of trust in all of these different elements of a film right you've got right. you've got to trust your actors you've got to trust your dp and then at the end of the day, when you're sitting there with an editor all day long for for months at a time, come to understand and trust his instincts as well, or their instincts as well, or her, or her. That's case. what I meant. I'm I'm sorry, or her. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, so and that it right. I mean, that's kind of a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know it's, it's definitely. I mean, 
it's it's all about trust and, and really about finding the the right people and and that uh, and also you know people that share the same in a way the same sensibility to what you're trying to do and that are all trying to do the same film because I think there's nothing worse than if there's someone that is trying to make a different film. Well, let me ask you because this is a film that you wrote, you directed, and it comes from a, a part of your life, an important and obviously uh, a, a significant series of events from your own life in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from what you wrote, from when you were sitting down to write this, even into the last iteration of the script, did a lot? Did something change in the, in that process? between this the final script and what you, we see on screen that you would as a filmmaker you would say i i hadn't expected it to turn out that way or is or it turned out exactly what it, as i was envisioning it when we f- finished uh, the final script no it didn't turn out exactly and, I, and i'm happy that it didn't you know i think if if we would have the what was ever on the page on the screen then that would be for me and for everyone kind of like boring in a way you know there's of course a lot is um, first of all, I have to say that it, I wrote it during five years, so there's been a ton of changes throughout the writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of good surprises, and I think like parts of when, like, a lot of times people tell me like stuff that they really loved in the film, you know, and that and that would be like, yeah, that that just happened on the shoot because we let it, you know, it was about letting it happen. You know, I'll just, I'll just like give you a, a small example, you know, when he eats those crumbs off the table. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I couldn't I couldn't even write that. You know, that's kind of like such a and that's just a small detail. There's a lot of these things that kind of like happen, you know, when you're on set, and then you know, and then of course there's stuff that we cut out. You know, unfortunately, that we had to to lose as well. So, I mean, you know, a lot is the way that it's written and how I hoped, but then there's all these other things. You know, so it's kind of I think it's a mixture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the reason I ask, I mean, it's always you know, this is. A, show called film school and uh, we often i just sort of the curious about the creative process itself and mm-hmm. especially when someone has sort of birthed a, an idea and seen it come all the way to this point it's now in front of you know thousands of people on screen all over the world and and uh the you know sort of how it all plays out in your own mind as a filmmaker and mm-hmm. the takeaway on that um the reviews have been really, really wonderful for the film. Um, I'm sure yeah. that's got to feel great. Uh, and and uh, um, what's been the reaction in Israel to the film? Um, I, you know, I think it, it was a really good reaction. Uh, we started out almost a year ago. Now we it premiered in Cannes, and then it um, it went on to festivals and went to the Jerusalem Film Festival, which was. Uh, uh, we had a great, uh, we won some awards there, and then the response, you know, people started hearing about the film. It kind of was a film that came from, from nowhere, no one heard about it, and then, you know, which was helpful with these festivals to, you know, to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And the response was great, you know, and um, it screened there for 10 weeks uh, in the fall. Wow. Yeah, and um, it was a really good experience. So, yeah, and I'm happy, you know, it took a year to get here and in and, uh, and the States as well. Um, but it's been a, it's been a really good journey with it. Uh, yeah, I can imagine it. Again, I just one of these films that uh, has uh, that kind of quality. Uh, sort of, a, there's a residual. You're, when you're done watching it, you can kind of you feel the experience of having just watched it, as opposed to often you watch a movie when it the credits roll. That's the last time you may ever think about it. And this film does resonate, and I think that's just because 
the subject matter and the performances and in all of it. So uh, just congratulations. So much. Yeah. Are you working on anything now? I, this obviously garnered some attention for you. Uh, I hope that you've got uh, other projects uh, coming up. Or you? Yeah, yeah. I'm mostly writing right now and, and working on some stuff that I have written. So a lot of, yeah, definitely in mm-hmm. development and writing and trying to move on to the, to the next thing. Great. The uh, I, now it's the if people want to find out more about the film. They can go to one week and a day dot oscilloscope dot net. That's one place for for you to go for information about the film screenings and information about the filmmakers and and the the, pe- the cast as well. Um, there is a promotion. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is legal now. Uh, one of the one of the things in the film is uh, uh, that uh, shy. He uh, smokes pot, and part of, one of their part of the promotion of the film is if people want to go online, they can go to uh, somewhere. I'm not even sure if it's not the oscilloscope site. No, it's, is, it, is that so, social media? Do we want to talk about yeah, this? So, or, or I mean, I, I don't have much to say about it. But, okay, because I but I, uh, I wonder. I'll, yeah, should I say or you say or no? Go ahead, please. If, if well, I, I found out like anyone else that uh, Oscilloscope um, is giving weed away. Um, and if you go on their, I think, Twitter or Facebook uh, and Instagram yeah. uh, and find that post, they're, what they're asking for you is to, if you're in a, in a state that it's legal, um, then to, to write it as a comment. And, and I think, I don't know if there's a raffle or if everyone, I, I don't know exactly. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> okay. But, but, but if you want free weed and, uh, and it's legal where you live. And it's legal then, where you live. That's yeah. a very important thing. We do not yes. want people getting. Not where it's not legal. <laughs> Only where it's legal. Um, because this is a legit uh, business. Yes, uh, I, yeah. I was curious. I didn't know how much. You know, it didn't feel like the kind of thing that you may or may. I was kind of wondering if you even were aware of it before it happened. But uh, no, I suddenly saw it on Twitter, just like anyone else. And I'm like, oh, okay. It, it's. <laughs> I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen that as as part of a promotional campaign for a, for a film. So, uh, as as you said, it's. Twitter, I think uh, uh, Snapchat. There's all kinds of social platforms that Oscilloscope is on, and yeah. and that's how you can find out more. Well, all right. Well, I feel like we got a little bit off track there. I really want to thank you so much, Asa, thank you. Uh, for being here. The film, again, is one week and a day, and it's opening here in Los Angeles at the Royal Theater. Yeah, that's up in Los Angeles, obviously, uh, as well as uh, in New York at the Angel. I always butcher this. Angelica. 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 Thank you. Yeah. And I'm having a tough time pronouncing things today. I apologize. It's not been a, a great day for that. But uh, And then we'll opening uh, next week here in Los Angeles again at the Pasadena Playhouse and here in Irvine at the West Park. So con- congratulations. All the best. And uh, please come back uh, and join us again with your next film, um, whatever that might be. Thank you. Thank Definitely you. will. Thank you very much. That's Asa Polanski, and the film is One Week and a Day. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.